Okay, everybody, here we are. We have finally at long last arrived at season two, episode nine, part two. This is the end of the line until we get season three. Welcome to the Mind Hunter Companion. Uh, as always, uh, my co host is Peter, and I remain Doug. Welcome, Doug. Welcome. Well, um, when last we saw our heroes, uh, they just got made, right? Wayne Williams made them and got them the two ninety nine fish special. Right. I was going to say they got made, but <laughs> on the you know the the silver lining is they got some crappy uh, fish sandwiches. They got like well, you know, I thought it was fish, but then Bill says it's fried chicken. Okay. <laughs> um, Bill, by the way, is eating it. Right. <laughs> Bill is not just eating it once. We actually still, we see Bill eating it twice. He eats it when Wayne Williams hands it to him. And then when they go back to Wayne Williams' house, they're kind of like, ah, oh, fuck it. You he's know, like he's car, literally, eating. he's leaning on the back of his car eating it. Well, he started with looks the, pretty good. He started with the fries, but then, then he moves <laughs> on to the rest of the, the entree. <laughs> so they go back to his house to ostensibly wait for him, right? The jig is up. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that uh, Wayne Williams had actually been one of the photographers at the at the Sigmund uh, road scene. So, you know, they kind of, uh, they realize that, you know, they, they've overplayed their hand, but they still have some options, right? Yeah. They can still. So they're going to try to squeeze surveil. him and put pressure on him. Right. Right. And then um, Wayne Williams' neighbor comes out while they're waiting for Wayne to return and he basically throws some shade at Wayne and basically says like Wayne is nothing but trouble in the neighborhood and he's up all night doing strange stuff. Well, he's like a working man and he's basically complaining that everybody's interrupting his his rest, which is totally legit, you know. Um right, and specifically Wayne is burning trash at, in the middle of the night. Gee, I wonder why someone <laughs> because the, right because the, the rope cop, is gone from the car right because the cop basically didn't bag the evidence oops um so they're back to the da again asking for warrants because they now have reason to believe that he is destroying evidence right um and you know the mayor sorry the the da is again you know cold to them like they're they're finally getting somewhere and they're still getting doors slammed in their face. So the DA doesn't give it to them um, at first, but I think doesn't he in the end he says okay. He does say okay. Yeah, he kind of like he kind of says okay in a really hostile way, and then all of a sudden the FBI is allowed to swarm the house and basically do whatever needs to be done. And we see all the FBI crawling through the house. Right. Um. And Wayne Williams's parents are out in the front yard, and then we uh, we realize that uh, Wayne has cleaned the house. Like there's a vacuum cleaner visible, and the carpet is clean. Yeah, no shocker there either. He basically right after they they had to let him go, like in the middle of the night when they cut him on the bridge, he went home and basically cleaned up all the trace evidence that he could. Um, uh, Barney in the house uh, going through um, uh, Wayne's room they find a swath of green carpet 
right that that they uh that was covered up right the rest of the carpet is covered by sort of a white carpet but there's this green carpet uh, that they find a swath of and they start taking hair and fiber samples from uh his i think it's his father's his uncle's car he says right right when they arrested him and also the dog right and they take right hair and fiber from the dog they take hair and fiber from wayne williams yeah. Um, by the way, uh, just as a little bit of a side note, because it does involve the Behavioral Science Union, in, um, in Richard Jewell, the Clint Eastwood film, uh, which is also about the Behavioral Science Unit, uh, sort of maybe not their finest hour, um, but uh, there's, a nearly, there's a nearly identical scene of the FBI going through the house, bagging everything, taking hair and fiber from the suspect. It's almost identically done in that movie as it is here. I guess there are only so many ways for you to show like somebody with a tweezer plucking some pubes off of, <laughs> <laughs> of a suspect. Um, um, so uh, we learned that uh, Wayne has uh, consented to a polygraph literally as Barney uh, presents to Holden and Bill a copy of the book, How to Beat a Lie Detector, which they find hidden in his house under some clothing in a drawer. Right. Um, Bill, Bill is pretty toxic. Bill says at this point, Bill says, uh, if you find one that says like how to abduct young boys, you know, we've, <laughs> we've got our case made. Uh, Bill. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's funny because as we shall see in this episode, you know, like, Bill's not running out of gas. Bill's out of gas. You know what I yeah. mean? Like this is Bill's, this episode could be subtitled. Bill reaches the end of his rope. Um, and others have reached the end of their rope already. Um, so uh, Wayne is, uh, we see Wayne Williams naked in an interrogation room, getting dressed after having uh, hair samples taken from him. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, Bill and Holden enter, and it's, you know, yet another interrogation scene. We've seen a lot of this in the show. Um, and uh, the commissioner arrives, right? The DA arrives. Like, this is it, right? This is, this is the moment they've all been waiting for, right? So Holden starts the uh, eponymous uh, a tape recorder, and they start to interview him. Yeah. Um, and they basically make him go through his day again, the day that he uh, drops stuff off on the bridge, right? Um, and he sort of tells a, a version of the story that he told uh, right. on, to the officers on the bridge there, right? With a little bit of weaseling. Like he kind of says, maybe I didn't take the call. Maybe it was my mother. He's not very specific about times, right? He omits details that he told before. Uh, so the story is similar, but not exactly the same. Like he says he went to a lounge, says he picked up a check, like all these details disappear from the story. And then Holden pushes him on it and basically says, we went everywhere you said you were and nobody remembered you. Right. Right. So now they're, they're sort of trying to catch him in a lie and he's pretty cool about things. Yep. Once again, he's, he's pretty good under questioning. He, you know, he's, he's not perfect. Uh, you know, he makes mistakes because as you said, his cover story isn't that consistent, but it doesn't really bug him. Like when he screws up, he doesn't, it doesn't rattle him. So like, dude, he's just cool as a cucumber. 
Right. And he didn't, he says, well, maybe I forgot stuff. I don't remember. He denies burning things. He yeah. uh, denies cleaning the car at first. Right. He yeah. suggests that maybe his father might have cleaned it, doesn't know where anything is. Right. He's all, I don't know. I don't remember, et cetera. Yeah. And Holden is sort of looking at him sort of almost sidelong, like Holden is giving him an odd look the whole time. Well, Holden's um, pretty sure he has his man and, you know, everybody is. I mean, the guy, he's pretty suspicious. Uh, Bill uh, says that he's got uh, perhaps the appearance of somebody who has impersonated policemen, right? They found uh, a police light in his car. He drives a, a, a former squad car, right. right? Sort of implying that he wants to gain the confidence of people or look like he's part of law enforcement. And Wayne just denies Yeah, he just everything. says that he's a stringer photographer and he that's part of his job. He uses scanner he uses that kind of stuff in his job and again the whole scene is being watched by the da by the commissioner all the higher ups are watching through the glass so they show him a picture of luby jeter right and again this is holden looking for a rock they show him not only a picture of luby jeter but a drawing of what the guy who took luby jeter looks like and the guy who took luby jeter in the drawing looks just like him i know it's like it's like an amateur a perfect amateur sketch of of williams um even down to the glasses yeah it really looks just like him um and, uh, you know, he doesn't really have much of a reaction. Like, they are throwing everything they have at Wayne Williams. Um, and they're just getting nowhere. And he's kind of like, he's either pushing back or he's sort of staring blankly at them. Like, you know, you got to give Wayne Williams his credit in this interrogation. Like, he's, uh, he's holding his own. The dude is, uh, you know... He is so good at it. I mean, he says, nobody's ever seen Wayne Williams hurt anybody, strike anybody, do anything bad, you know, referring to himself in the third person. I mean, he just, right. he, he just, he makes such, he makes such a good defense, you know, on the spur of the moment. Of and the implication too, is that, you know, you kind of looks like maybe he's practiced this in his head, right? They say, well, you gave out flyers at this, you know, shopping, uh, shopping uh, store where, uh, some of the kids disappeared and he's like, well, thousands of people go there, you know, yeah. like, so what? I mean, you're, you're talking about big public places. Yep. He's got good answers. Right. Yeah. He does have good answers. And, and then they start showing him some more photos, right? Holden pulls out bot photos of bodies pulled out of rivers. Yeah. Right. To see if he has any reaction and he's, he, you know, his his lack of reaction is also conspicuous. Like, this is the 70s or whatever. This is 1980 now, before the internet, where every depravity known to man is available for no charge. Right. Including this podcast, by the way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he has no reaction, right? Crime scene photos are not in the common domain, although maybe he's seen a lot, you know, in his job. Right? So... Um, they flat out ask if he killed uh, one of the kids, right? And he says, like, you're suggesting that I kill this big kid, you know, drag him to my car. No one notices. Right. He's saying right? I'm 5'7". You know, he says, there's no way that, that I, I could have done that. I mean, great right. answers. Um, and, you know, Bill and, Bill and Holden, to their credit, 
are they're just kind of hanging in there. Oh, they're you know, like, they're doing a like Bill even says job. when you choked this one guy, did you panic? You know what I mean? Yeah. And he says no. And he goes, No, I didn't kill anybody. They so keep they're pushing just, them. Yeah. Um, and it's a long scene. Like this scene goes on for a long time. Like this is like a five or a seven minute scene right where they're just trying to sweat him. Where were you on the night of blah, blah, blah? I don't know. Maybe I was home. Um, and in the end, you know, they don't get a ton. Like at the end of this whole long scene, right, when he, he can't account for much of his time, he can't account for where he's been, he can't account for his whereabouts. You know, he basically says, you know, um, I'm going to go home now. Yeah, you he, know? Says, he, you, he says, you got to prove it. Right. I them. know you guys think I murdered these kids. Either prove it or I'm leaving. Right. Um, and and you know, Bill and Holden know that he's got them. Yeah. Um all they have is some fiber, right? And they don't even think it's enough to arrest him, right? And even though he doesn't have an alibi for any of the dates that they asked about. They just don't really have enough. So, and this is also, you know, in 1980, they didn't have uh, the level of forensic sophistication that they had, you know, 10, 15 years later um, with the ability to, to do, uh, you know, DNA analysis uh, on, on any kind of biologic material, right? They just, they couldn't do that. Yeah, or if they had it, I guess it's a, it's a rock bottom at infancy or it's experimental in the 80s. You know what I mean? Especially, well, in the early 80s. I, I just don't think they had it at all. So he, so Wayne walks. He walks out the door, and as he leaves, he sees the commissioner in front of a press gaggle. And Holden spots him watching the press gaggle and starts to approach him. Yeah. Um, and as Holden approaches him, he just leaves. He gets in. It looks like it's his father's car, and he drives off. So, yeah. you know, now, you know, they're facing the possibility that he might slip through their fingers. Um, you know, it's a good it's a good scene because it kind of in a way that we haven't before, like for example, in the in a part one of this episode, we talked about how Holden and Barney went to his house to try to sweat him and didn't really get anywhere, you know, and you think, you know, most people, uh, you know, current podcasters included, you know, you'd be a little nervous if the FBI showed up to your house and said that they thought that you were a, 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 you know, multi-murderer, right? Sure. And, and now we sort of see that, you know, not just in his home, in his comfort zone, out of his comfort zone, right? In the, in the, in sorry, the police station where he is stripped naked. He's getting grilled. Um, like he's getting actively right. grilled. He's not right. just and behind a behind a two way mirror. And this right, and this is after they basically right. They basically body cavity searched him and took pubes off of him. Um, and you know the dude is if 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 a guy's going to be rattled, then then that's the time. And and he is just not rattled. He's not rattled, and and he he pushes back to the point that he's able to, you know, basically get them to admit that they don't have anything and they have to let him go. By the way, almost identical to what happens in Richard Jewell. There's a, a scene that's nearly identical where Richard Jewell confronts the FBI and says, do you have any evidence at all against me? And they have to say no. Right. Um, so, uh, 
it's funny because you know this was probably made around the same time that Richard Jewell was being made, and uh, I'm sure they had no knowledge of each other. It's just sort of interesting that at the same time these things are out and fresh and uh, basically parallel each other quite a lot, although they have different endings clearly. Mm-hmm. So we cut to a, a good scene the next day where Holden wakes up at the Omni and Tanya comes and she brings him a newspaper and it's been leaked to the paper that Wayne is a suspect now. Right. And Tanya is really angry about this. Right. Like she does not like the fact that they have arrested a black man. And uh, she thinks that maybe they're going the wrong direction. And Holden really has to, again, in front of her, defend the profile. Basically right. saying, um, he, he, like, he says it a bunch of ways. And in the end, he just sort of throws his hands up and says to her, you know, that he fits. Well, what's interesting about it is that, like, Tanya, who's the receptionist at the hotel that basically recruited Holden back maybe a year or so ago, um, or six months ago, maybe. I don't even know the exact time course, but back when he was in Atlanta. Um, he, and And she's generally pretty on the money with things, right? Like she, she's pretty sharp and kind of sort of uh, very with it and perceptive. And she just can't swallow the fact that this kind of nebbishy black guy is, is the killer. Right. And, and she, you know, she essentially accuses Holden of, you know, being racist, just hanging in there long enough until they could find a black guy. Right. Uh, and they, they're basically having sort of a heated argument and hotel guests are seeing it. And, Ho- and Holden says, like, can we talk in my room? Like, could you please come in? And she says, no, like, she doesn't want to be seen going into his room. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, clearly Holden's not doing that. And he's never given any, he's never given the appearance or given her any reason to think that he was going to just be sort of straight up simplistic and racist about the pursuit right and and she's so perceptive but she just she can't swallow it yeah and and you know it also you know it's funny because their relationship started out as sort of like a faw date remember that way back when he thought they were going on a date right um and now you know she's basically you know she she barely gives him the time of day she's storming off she's pissed at him yeah yeah. Um, so uh, they, they show up. Holden shows up to Wayne's house. Barney and Bill are already there, as is TV5 from Atlanta. And it's basically a media circus. There's a million print and, and television reporters there. And uh, Wayne invites the whole gaggle, right, essentially uh, to the house. He gives out a copy of his resume to everybody. Right. Um, And he starts giving interviews to the media, right? I mean, he's basically taking control of the media coverage of the the killings. Not only is he a good sort of criminal defense attorney, Wayne, but he's also a really good public relations guy. Yeah. Like he's multi-talented PR. And then he flat out says, um, you know, like I didn't kill these people. And he, he, he gives interviews like the, the FBI guys are, you know, watching his interviews on the TV, uh, realizing that, like, you know, he's just giving interviews to all these different media outlets, essentially kind of simultaneously. He's got a room full of reporters in his living room, the same living room we saw Holden and Barney in a few episodes back. Yep. 
Um, and, um, you know, it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't go well for the FBI. Um, you know, uh, he, he says he admits that he took a polygraph that was inconclusive. Um, you know, he, he, he holds his own in front of the media and Bill is sort of shocked by this. The fact that like, you know, like Bill says, like what, what serial killer holds a press conference with no lawyer? Yeah. You know, how could, how could this be the case? Um, and then they also find out that they start getting a lot of tips. Like a lot of people start calling into the FBI saying that people know Wayne and there's all sorts of news coming in, right? They post a reward, right? Or actually, sorry, the reward's already posted. Um, so they go back to the police station. They interview a guy uh, who claims to know him and basically says that, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, Wayne acts strange or he's, he gets angry. Right, he he sees him with kids. They they come and go. Right, um, right. Although they don't really get much from this guy in the end. Right, he doesn't really tell them anything groundbreaking or anything that they don't know. Right. So you know, they they sort of talk about like, is this you know, is this like. Ed Kemper or Berkowitz, is this somebody who's trying, right, who's done bad stuff and is trying to control their na- their narrative, right, in front of the press, right, in front of the cops, right, right, is this, right, this, this would go with the narcissist angle that they've been working up for the past few months. Um, and they... They still they can't arrest him, right? They're yeah. they're pissed and they're frustrated. Um, although Holden makes the point that if he is doing it, you know, at least it will stop the killings, right? With him under all this scrutiny, yeah, he won't be able to get out and kill anybody, right? Exactly, which is a sort of an interesting benefit of the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, sure. um, like. It's a it's a little bit of a silver lining, uh, shall we say, for the behavioral science unit. Yeah. Um. So Bill Bill goes back to uh, his hotel. Right. He says he needs a break. He goes back to the hotel. He wants to call his wife, uh, but he kind of can't get away from it. Like he's back in his hotel in his undershirt. Right. Having his four hundred and thirty eighth drink this month. Um, yeah. And that all he can see on the news. Right is the uh is the case it's just all over the yeah, um i think it's william webster i think it's he's the he was the f the head of the fbi at that point like the 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 head of the entire bureau right the director he's the judge that we saw in the earlier episodes yeah. and then sort of very ominously bill bill said to hold on that he wants to go home and call his wife and he tries calling his wife not once but twice and no one answers yeah. Right. And there's no, there's no answering machine. There's nothing. Yeah. And you know, like silence on the home front is not something Bill is used to. Like it's the evening. It's dark out. They're in the same time zone. Where is Nancy? It's notably weird. Yeah. And he he's right. c- clearly kind of concerned. Um. Yeah. He's more than concerned. And he's also like, you know, it's funny because Bill's not dumb. Like. You know, he's kind of starting to figure it out, right? He's concerned enough, like his radar's on. Yeah. Like he's he's starting to get really worried. 
So um, we cut back to the house, right? Bill Holden and Barney out in front. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the ongoing media circus continues, um, but they're matching, they're starting to match uh, fibers, right? Uh, the DA still won't let them arrest him, but um, they're, they're matching carpet fibers from Wayne's bedroom to 14 victims now, yeah. right? And they're matching dog hair to multiple victims yeah, right so they're people. starting to they're starting to get something right so they they still can't arrest him but they you know they're inching up and they're ratcheting up the pressure like he's got people camped out of his house all day long and i wonder you know i don't know exactly how incriminating statistically incriminating the fiber evidence is but it, it it's certainly significant at least you know, and there's and there's so much overlap in terms. There are just so many people that match, right? So Wayne comes out and gets in his car, and and uh, the cops and Bill and Holden and Barney, like they make no, you know, they make no bones about glaring at him. Like they let him see them right out in front, right? And then when he gets in his car and drives off, you know, it starts this essentially like this procession. Yeah, the right, cavalcade cavalcade yeah. of, of people following him <laughs> except it's, Barney. It's sort of like clown college. Right. Uh, right. The news vans and the cops are like squad cars and unmarked cars, like 15 cars go driving down the road. Right. Right behind uh, his bumper. Right. And then Barney, so Barney is left behind and Barney says to a uniformed officer, like, you know, watch for the father. Like the father may come out now. Yeah. Barney being smart and covering the bases. Right. Um, so uh, this whole procession drives to none other than the mayor's house. And then uh, Wayne Williams starts screaming in front of the mayor's house. Yeah, cleverly. Honking his horn, yelling and screaming, uh, basically saying, uh, you know, what are you going to do, mayor? What are you going to do? Oh, there's another great line from Bill while they're in the procession and there's all these cars following and <laughs> about Hol the fish. Yeah. Holden says something like, you know, well, this probably is this is not going to go anywhere. You know, there's 30 cars following him. <laughs> and Bill goes like, well, maybe we'll get another shitty fish sandwich. <laughs> so meanwhile, while this whole chaotic scene is playing out, um, Wayne Williams father comes out. So Barney is correct. Right. Yep. Barney, Barney figures out that his hunch was right and the father comes out and they uh they they call him package two and Barney starts following the father, right? right. And he and he, he goes to a little airport where there's a bunch of Cessnas. Um and uh and and Barney goes in and says, like, hey, what was that guy asking about? And it turns out he's asking about charter flights to South America. Right. Right. So now all of a sudden, maybe he's a flight risk. Right. Right. So he, while basically like Wayne went to distract everybody while his dad went out to go see if he, they could get an escape route out of the country. Right. So uh, it's, it's, it's actually, you know, by the way, they must be so sorry they got Agent Smith and not Barney <laughs> for the behavioral science unit. Except that, like, Barney happened to be in, like, the most useful place, you know, in Atlanta. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, what a, uh, there's no comparison. Barney is, like, so great. <laughs> He's so on the ball. 
<laughs> so Barney tells uh, Bill and Holden about the charter flight. So, you know, they're more excited now. Like, again, now they're getting hair and fiber evidence. He's thinking about running out of the country. Yeah, he's going to bolt. Um, so we cut back to uh, Wayne's house and the media circus. Um, and there's just a, a swarm of press and cops uh, being invited uh, up to the door. And it turns out that uh, he is being arrested, right? And Bill and Holden are a little bit wowed by this. Like all of a sudden, Wayne is brought out by uniform cops in handcuffs. Yeah. And so, the feds didn't expect it. Right. And like literally they're they're kind of like scratching their heads. Like Holden says, did we miss something? Like what's going on? Right. And then he's taken in the back of a squad car and hauled off with, uh, you know, lights and sirens. Um, and, you know, they're just, they don't really know what's going on. So they run to the police station and who is there? None other than Gunn. Right. And, and Gunn, uh, their FBI boss, basically says that the DA has now been persuaded, right? Fibers came back as a perfect match. And the Justice Department was able to convince the DA that they had enough, not just for an arrest, but for a conviction. Well, I think that, you know, I think Gunn says that they went to the governor of Georgia. Like they went to the cover, like the, basically the, the, the brass from the Department of Justice went to the governor and said, this is what we have. And the DA is kind of like, he's, he's holding back. And then the governor called the DA and said, get, arrest him and prosecute him immediately. Yeah. So like the pressure finally came down. Um, and then, you know, the part of the deal was that the Atlanta PD got to make the arrest, which is, you know, a big feather in their cap. And Bill and Holden said that they don't care. Like they don't care who arrests him. It doesn't affect them. They just want, they just want the arrest. And then there's a huge press conference where the mayor who we just saw basically hiding in his house from a screaming Wayne Williams gets to say in front of the commissioner, in front of everybody, in front of the, the police chief that we've made an arrest and uh, we want to start to heal. And they only charge him with two murders and they're two adults out of all those, those uh, victims. But I guess they're the ones they have the most evidence on. Right. Exactly. Um, so, you know, so now, you know, Wayne is, he's under arrest, right. And he's, uh, he's in custody. Um, so we cut back to uh, the task force center where Bill and Holden and Barley regroup and they're, they're start, you know, talking about pedophiles, right? Yeah. Cause they had been, they had started this thing earlier in the episode that they were sort of looking into uh, pedophiles, right. um, pedophile complaints, et cetera. Right. They were going through the, through the records to try to find, um, any kind of evidence of pedophiles that maybe they missed. Right. Could link them to the, to the young boys. Although it's kind of a complex scene. Um, it's kind of hard to know what to make of this because there's a lot of exposition here. Yeah. There's right? a lot of kind of background and stuff going on and it's, it's a little tough to follow, but basically it sounds like somebody that there's suspicion that some evidence got buried or destroyed. 
Right. Or that there, there may be some pre-existing pedophile connections that they were unaware of. Right. Cause there are a number of photos of black children that apparently like kind of went missing out of, out of some initial complaint or at some point in one of the investigations that not this investigation, but one of the ones in the past related to um, prior complaints that they were looking at. Right. So uh, Holden uh, breaks off on his own and he visits with the ladies of stop. Right. Um, the mothers who, of the victims. Yeah. Who they're, he kind of gets like a, a strange reception. Like he's kind of happy, you know, like we, uh, we got the guy that I, I, I think it was, and you know, Holden's pretty confident they got their man and they're, you know, they're skeptical. Like they don't know, like were all these kids killed by Wayne Williams. Right. right. Did you really get the right guy? And Holden's Holden's tells them flat out, like we got him. Like he's, he's the guy. And they're basically like, well, well, why haven't you charged him with all of the killings? Right. Or, or why hasn't he been charged for the killing any of our kids specifically? And there are 29 victims. Right. And then Holden basically says, well, we think there's going to be more charges. We've got a lot of agents. You know, everybody's looking into this. And, you know, Holden kind of doesn't, uh, he doesn't really get far. Like, he really tries to convince them that they've got the right guy. And they right. don't really buy it. Like, they don't buy that Wayne is the right guy. They don't buy that the FBI is going to keep dogging stuff down. They're going to keep looking, right? She points to the press conference, which happens to be playing on the TV in the background. And she says, look, you guys are taking a victory lap. You know? Right. And, and that's not what we feel like. We don't feel victorious, Plus, right? This saying, is, you, you do know, the victory lap at the end of the race, and, and we're not at the end of the race. Right. And, you know, she thinks they're just scapegoating a, bl a, a black man. Right. Or if he is guilty he's not guilty of all the crimes right um so you know and that's kind of the that's the last we see a spot sorry stop um that's the last we see of stop right that that you know for all that they did and all their work and all their time and everything they accomplished that you know they don't really get the respect from stop no and you know what holden Holden is disappointed, but he's also realistic when he walks out. He realizes that basically it's thankless and no one is going to believe that Williams is responsible because it's too incongruous and they don't understand. They still don't accept his, his profiling and his explanation of what the psychopathology of a serial killer like Wayne does and who he is. And they just, they can't buy it. And back then, you know, now everybody's seen, you know, 20 movies about the same topic and there's 50 shows on HBO that are documentaries about serial killers and everybody's seen stuff, you know, and, and read books and it's so common, but 40 years ago, it just wasn't accepted. So, you know, they've, they, they've gone from, as frequently demonstrated in, in, and pointed out in the series, they, they've had uh, resistance from, uh, from law enforcement. They had resistance from first from the FBI, then from community law enforcement, and now from the public about what their um, 
theory about serial killers is and about uh, you know criminal pathology right. criminal Their methodology right yeah um and then you know we we quick cut to uh, an airport right. and gone is waiting there on the tarmac for them the next day i guess it's the next morning yeah and guns and he's got a government jet yep. and gun is really happy because um he kind of feels like from now on you know the behavioral science unit we're going to be the first ones called into these big crimes and we really scored here and the right. case is being switched to pending inactive status. And Holden suddenly realizes that everything the woman from Stop said to him was right. Right, meaning that they're not going to go, they're not going to bother going after the other crimes because he's the one that did it. So they're going to put him in prison for life. Right. Or and kill and, him. And Gunn says, essentially, who cares? You know, like who cares what cases they tie to him? It's yeah, him. He's we got cooked. him. Right. Right. Let's get on the jet and have a drink. They're not going to be any more victims. We did our job. And then very tellingly, like Holden is upset with this and Bill is like, yeah, right. Because, yeah. right. They got the guy. Gun is happy. Right. They're heroes. And then very, and very tellingly. They don't have to sit in a sweaty car anymore either. Right. Bill says we did our jobs. Take a victory lap, which is exactly what the stop lady said to him the night right. before. Right, that that they didn't want to see happen, and she was exactly right. She completely nailed it. And Except that Holden, you know, Holden feels very empty. Holden feels guilty, I think, because he just told them that they were going to go after their kids' murder specifically, and it is empty. But on the other hand, you know, you really can kind of see it both ways because the fact is they did come in and they did. You know, they were right and they actually solved it. Right. They were right, but they they can't I guess the implication is they can't solve everything to the satisfaction of everybody. Right. And you know, Holden is maybe young enough and idealistic enough that he wants that. And Bill is he's not in that place. And Bill is happy that they were able to get the victory that they were able to get, and he wants to be done with atlanta he never wants to come back sure he's had enough right and you know this i think that this year has been hardest on bill this whole season i mean everybody's had a rough go yep but no one like bill yeah so um, we cut to a quick shot of wendy in her apartment um and she is uh cleaning up a little bit and she comes on the i guess it's cosmopolitan and one of those women's magazines that Kay was reading when she tried to have her do the quiz and uh, with only a second or two to pause at it, she throws the magazine away. Yeah, she pitches it. Right. It's essentially implying that she's not looking back on her failed relationship with Kay. And then in really kind of the emotional climax of the episode, even bigger than Wayne's Williams arrest. Yeah, it's kind of right? like the season finales. You know, really, it is the season finale. Yeah. Bill comes home, yeah, and oops, right to a, a stunning shocker. That <laughs> Guess the why is, the phone went unanswered? <laughs> right, the house is empty. Right, yeah. Nancy, Nancy has taken bolted. Brian and left, and and we don't know where she's gone. No, she said right? nothing. Right, and the house is essentially deserted except for a few pieces of furniture and Bill's clothes. But yeah, Left. she leaves. She coldly leaves Bill's like suits hanging in the closet. 
but the place is empty. There's like the cat, like the kitchen cabinets are open and, you know, like the place is basically totally cleaned out. There's a couch and right. there's Bill's crap in his closet and that's it. Right. And there's no sheet on the bed, right? There's just a bare mattress, right? Even the pictures are taken down from the wall. Yeah. It's really um, rough. So, you know, Bill, Bill goes from a great day to his worst day in just a matter of hours, right? A few, you know, an hour ago, he was on that Learjet, right? Yucking it up with gun and everything was going great in his life. Right. And now he was thinking, you know, you figure that he was thinking, now I'm going to come back and, and things can go back to normal at home, maybe, you know? Uh, yeah. More or yeah. less anyway, or at least he could try to address it. He doesn't have to, like, it'll be so much less stress for him not having to fly out to Atlanta. And he comes right, home exactly. to basically like, like Nancy's leftovers that she wants. She doesn't want anymore because she wants to buy some new furniture. Right. Yeah. There's some, ult the ultimate bitch slap to, to Bill. That is just um, downright cold. And then uh, Holden is uh, seen back in his apartment, sort of eating, you know, dinner for one. Um, yeah. And he watches the news and the national news is talking about Atlanta. And they say on the news that they may not have the evidence to convict Wayne Williams of all the crimes. Right. Um, and we kind of, we kind of, and the season with a little text saying that as of 2019, none of the remaining 27 cases have been prosecuted. Um, and, uh, you know, they don't actually say it, but the killings in Atlanta did stop when Wayne Williams was arrested. Right. I mean, in real life, I mean, at kid essentially ended. So it's kind of left for the reader to kind of wonder you know, was Wayne Williams or the sort of the viewer to wonder was Wayne Williams responsible for everything? Right. Right. Who knows? Um, and then just to sort of bring it all back home, back to right? Kansas, <laughs> right. To our ATD, uh, a security salesman. Right. So earlier, right. We saw him burn all his, we saw him burn some fetish gear. Then we saw him bury it in a box in the yard, right? He burned his drawings and he buried his fetish gear in the yard. Yeah, and now but, we see... Know, there's always... A, you can always run out to the store and buy a slip. Right, right. And a, and a, and a mask. And we see uh, Dennis Rader, right? He's checked himself into a pretty crappy looking hotel room. Right. Um, and he is cross-dressing and wearing... Uh, like a doll a mask. mask. Yeah, like a very sort of like creepy woman's mask. It's it I would say like in the on the level of creepy masks, you got like you got the like the hockey mask, you know. <laughs> right. The the uh the, the William Shatner Friday the thirteenth mask. Right, you got that level, and then like right under that you got this mask. Like this mask right. is a close second for creepy. And he has set up a, a camera on a tripod and he is taking photos of him uh, self, right, uh, with trophies. souvenirs, right, trophies from his killings. Right. And he's like um, strangling himself. And right. Engaging in autoerotic asphyxiation, essentially, you know, jerking off to photos of his victims and their driver's licenses, like photos of the victims tied up and their driver's licenses. Yeah. And, and the season comes to a hard rap uh, on him leaning forward and strangling himself while he's masturbating. Right. Yeesh. 
Yeah, it's a hell of an ending. You know, Bill goes back to the empty house being basically totally just left completely. I mean, just really rough, left alone. And then they're telling you that, look, maybe they had this one victory, but not only is this guy still out there and he's been out there for a long time, the whole series, and but undoubtedly there are others and the work will never end. Right. They they talk a lot in the in the Mindhunter books, the John Douglas and Mark Olshaker books, about how this feeling kind of pervades the work. Like I think he says in the book that he thought that they maybe got ten percent of them. Yeah. You know, and most of them never came to criminal attention. They were murdering homeless people and prostitutes and drug addicts and people who, you know, no one was really looking for. So if they went missing, nobody would even really notice. Right. There were not no. only were there times where the crimes weren't solved, but there were times where the crimes weren't even detected as really as crimes. Exactly. And he also thought he says in the book that, you know, he thinks that a lot of times when the crimes stop, either the killer died, you know, got it out of his system or maybe went to jail for something else, you know, like got caught on a bunch of traffic violations or whatever. And right. And, uh, you know, it stopped because the killer was in jail, but like this sort of pervasive sense of like, like as much as we did, we just scratched the surface permeates the book so much so that there's, there's a whole book by Douglas and Olshaker called, I believe it's called the cases that haunt us. Where That's he basically right. just talks about like all the all the cases that we we spent years on and couldn't solve. Yeah, there's a certain the one that, by the way, the one that he always comes back to is the Zodiac. Hmm. Like he really, it really bothers him that they never got an arrest in the Zodiac Killer, right? And again, like we finished this episode with Wayne Williams behind bars and Dennis Rader free, right? And Dennis Rader actively hunting. Right. In reality, he was free another 20 odd years. Yeah. Yeah. I think like 24 or 25 years. It's crazy. Yep. Um, you know, you know, I don't think this is as good a season as the first season, but the first season is tough to top. And, you know, you can never really recapture the sort of excitement of the first few episodes. But, I, don't know. Uh, I actually really like the second season. I think it was. Yeah, really good. I do, too. I'm not throwing any shade at the second season, but I do think the first season's a little bit better. I don't know. I think, I think this that, one's uh, I don't know. I, I think that the first season, you know, they, they cover more cases, you know, like there's a distinct tonal shift in the second season where they just basically f- largely focus on at kid. We see a few other interviews, but you know, this is largely focused on at kid. Yes. And I think for the viewer, if you find the at kid storyline, interesting, it's great. If you don't, there's kind of nowhere to turn. You know what I mean? Like every episode or seven of the nine episodes or something like that are focused on Atkid. I think there's a little more meat um, in their home lives because instead of um, just being Holden, they've sort of, they really turned up the level of um, both Wendy and Bill. Oh yeah, completely, completely. But, uh, and I actually think that for me personally, the most interesting thing in the second season is the sort of the, the Bill and uh, Wendy backstories. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, they were, they were um, very well done. And Bill, Bill's development, um, well, it's, you know, development, but he, he sort of becomes semi-victimized in a way. Like, Bill, um, you know, he, he watching him get 
more and more stressed uh, is uh, it's very well done and very interesting. And you watch Nancy change, you know, over time. I mean, I have to tell you, my personal MVP for this season is Anna Torv. Yeah. Um, playing Wendy. I mean, I just thought that the Wendy storyline was the most interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and I think, honestly, I think that uh, the actress who plays Nancy kind of is the runner-up. Like, She's great. They they have a lot of hard stuff to to convey and deal with in this episode. Um, and they do a really, really good job. And they're sort of there to create all this sort of underlying tension throughout all these episodes. And especially, I, I forget the name of the woman who plays Nancy. Let me look it up. But uh, she's, I mean, she's really great. And they, you know, she has a tough part, you know, like she, she never gets kind of a good scene, right? No, she, she's, uh, spends, her name is Stacy Roca. She plays. She spends a lot. Uh, of, she's Nancy a Brit. Tench. Yeah. Yeah. She spends a lot of time freaking out. Right. And she's tough to, she's act. yeah, she's actually, oh, so she was raised in South Africa. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like they're for me, kind of, they get my MVP awards. I think whole McCallie also, uh, deserves a, a lot of credit right. because it's true. I mean, the season's not really about Holden. Like the first season is about Holden. The right. second season is not right. Like Holden is, you know, his name comes first in the credits and he's ostensibly the star, but, you know, Holden has the least personal development this season, right? Yeah. The panic attacks that he had at the end of season one are essentially dispensed with, right? After uh, the episode at um, the, the FBI, their boss's house at the retirement party, that's kind of done. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he has his sort of interactions with Tanya, but, you know, they don't really change who Holden is, and they, they don't really put him under the gun, no pun intended, um, in a very dramatic or difficult way. Whereas, you know, it's, it's Bill and Nancy and Wendy whose lives get flipped over. Right. right. And Wendy kind of like, you know, the way that Wendy is really not ready to be in a relationship. She's not really ready to be out. Right. All these things right, have sort of been very clearly illustrated to her, and she's had all this frustration at work, ultimately with Gunn telling her, like, the most exciting and rewarding part of the job, I'm going to deny you. Right. Right, and she's given up her academic career for this. Um, and then uh, Bill, who's put off Nancy again and again and again all summer long, right, he's backburnered, right, Nancy in the process of, you know, putting the at kid and Brian first, right? Yeah. Um, he's really badly misread Nancy, who who was much further out over the ledge or, you know, than he ever realized. And when she goes off the cliff, he's unprepared for it. He's got nothing. Yeah. Oof. Well, yeah, no, I agree. You got to give it to Holt McCallany. I, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I'm very, very excited for season three. And I don't, I can't imagine Netflix is not going to redo this, renew this for season three. As long given as the way that they left it. I mean, as long as, um, like Fincher will do it, you know, then I imagine that in a year or so, there'll be a year or two, maybe. Yeah. Um, there'll be another season, season three. Um, I think so. I mean, I, I told you, I think I said it a couple of times, but I think it's going to be 2021. Yeah, it might be. 
I mean, you really, um, you just never know. And again, as of uh, as of this podcast, uh, Netflix has not confirmed season three, but David Fincher has publicly said he wants to do five total seasons. Although the official status of uh, Mindhunter with Netflix is on hold, right? Um, whew, well, um. I, I would say to the listeners, I want to thank everybody for sticking with us through uh, season two. Uh, Peter and I have been, I think I can speak for both of us when I can say that we've been extremely gratified by uh, the interest in our show. Our numbers were really strong and, uh, you know, our, our listeners stayed with us. Like uh, a lot of podcasts, the numbers drop over the course of the season and our numbers held really stable. And like, you know, this is a lot of shows and we put a lot of work into each show and there's a lot of detail to cover. And um, I was really, really gratified to see that our numbers for downloads and listens just held very, very strong. I mean, like if you look at a bar graph of the podcast, it's it's like it's kind of going up, actually. Yeah, it's horizontal to going up. Like we really, uh, you guys stayed with us, and we we really value that. And we appreciate all your comments and emails, um, and we look forward uh, to to podcasting Mindhunter season three for everybody. And also. Um, plug um, <laughs> I was like that was pretty shameless well <laughs> well no I mean if if you know we're we're doing uh, we've just started doing another uh, our next podcast uh, which is on the Mandalorian which is the first live action television Star Wars series that's out on Disney plus uh, and um, that will be Available. It's starting to be available already, but it will be fully available uh, yeah. very shortly. And we're bringing all of our sort of powers of observation and analysis uh, to Mandalorian, just as we did to Mindhunter. So and it's, it's kind of. Episodes. I think it's fun, and eight it's fun episodes. for us to sort of go, you know, and shift gears to something that's completely different in tone on the Disney Channel. Less <laughs> from uh, from Mindhunter, but uh, but if you're interested, uh, we, it's it's if you're like I was uh, rather disappointed let's say in in what star wars became uh, and uninterested um mandalorian is pretty good star wars it's uh probably it is pretty good star wars worth, I, it's I, worth think, a look. I think my disappointment came a little later than yours and i think i i hung in there longer and i watched a lot more of the expanded universe media and i read a lot more of the books than you did so there's a lot of fodder there to talk about over at uh, the mandalorian companion Correct. But again, uh, we will be back for Mindhunter Season 3, and we look forward to uh, talking to all of you guys then. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye.